So fast. I know, I know. Two hours just goes by so fucking fast. Yeah. So we started that set over with Janice Joplin doing Move Over. From there, we went to The Animals, Send You Back to Walker. From there, Donovan with Sunshine Superman. And right now, we're taking you out with The Residents with uh, Hello Skinny. Yes. Yes, it's Hello Skinny and the song after that. But um, we'll see you here next week, or you'll hear us here next week, or who knows what's going to happen yeah. in this day and age. Next week, we're teaming up with our neighbor, uh, Sean from Bug House. Oh, our neighbor, yeah, yeah. And we're doing a four-hour set from 6 to 10. We're, we're combining our two, our two yes. blocks. And we're doing instrumental songs. Yeah. So that should be a good time. No words. No words. I mean, we'll, 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 I'll be jammering and yabber jabbering in here in between. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, no words. No words in the music anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, should be a good time. And we'll let the residents take us out. Thanks for hanging out with us. Welcome to this, the reprise of the Nige and Sunati acumen of contextual text, the here and ever after forwarded Radio 11, and your host tonight is the Kerbox Xi thing on the sidle of maps, as in legend, lit up for a go round town and about. So do listen in, the hour starts now, this is Radio 11.
Eddie like the truck stop bottle dropped sunside in a weathered balloon shot up to the side of an aisle like those who follow down a highway towards the skyline oasis of puddles to smack her at. It was that kind of day again. And by day I mean the middle as is the maths of night and this is that and another for the quiet quite ledger of vertical drops for a robot to read to you and another and auto the all around roundness of all city the bellow kind of cheese that boxes cook for the dips to chip away at and the meter sticks into it and makes a spicy splashed up bit of ooze to enjoy. Or what else is there? Leisure is our pronoun tonight. And we named it thus so as to utilize the measure of bars and beats and treasure to bury for later as in the coin termed paper you neglected to write the evening before dew drops bonders muddy sandal toad continuation of a runner on sentences in a jail cellular conversation which a copywriter turned you on to. Like a car keyed for digital entry in an age of golden ratio Fibonacci, the petal rose as grows on you, tattoo lady. What was her name again? Came a quiet whisper across the room where needles drew and women showed their buttocks to other women to tauntle for, if that were a word, and it may be just and those drawings, where did you get them from? They are from a notebook I've been meaning to keep yet keep losing, as in my mind. He flipped through the art book, look here's another. You think that would look good here? Your other buttock. Yes and slightly to the left this time, the FRA's like this, and I'm on my side, you know. Well, for the boot, I lost another one. That's the third needle this week. I've got to buy myself another set, but I've been using this one since the 80s. You know I draw on Mount Claire before her movie career. Remember she was all up into it and said it would never end. It was her buttock too. Funny choice of wordings. She had me right up there. Up where? Asked the notebook women. Oh, I see. He looked at the pictures Ava was showing her now. In any event, yes she's beautiful, and I never saw the films. Tag were they? Kind of dark lines there, don't you think? And what's that? Just that. It's just a star with an arrow through it. Clever if you're into a Cupid's way out of town, as she was. Well she was my invention. She'd come in during the middle of the week and let me draw and pay me in tips from the movies and we'd have a chat about what was next and next too, and sometimes we'd go in the back end, well she was she and I was me and it was good to see her from all sides. And so the women lit up, her cigarette, and flipped through the book that was being handed to her, as Ava drew more on her right buttock and began to hum. It was a tune, out of, and slight and they took their time away from each other and carried on in their minds. Mount Claire was flipping out, and the book in front of this young woman. Flip flip. And flipping. She's flipping people off there. And flipping over there. And over, and over there. And all over. What a spread. And what a book. She looked at the back cover. Nine and ninety-nine cents for this one. That's not bad for the eighties. I should get a bear. Like this? Ava turned her head up. Like you want that here? He motioned at one of the images from the book and pinched her patron's ass just a bit, and winked. Oh sure. I'd like a bit of Mount Claire, and some more about how she was. If that's part of the bargain it was. He looked at her arm a bit. Following the curves which had been drawn by her own hand insta fire times and squared as in the city where she fled in a summer not far from the swelter that tripped it from her profession, which was high finance, so to speak. And that comes with a smile, if you're interested, said the now positively gleaming young Ava, 
and she put her hand on the notebook and closed it. And closed doors, for an afternoon, the two enjoyed a bit of by Mount Clare, towards an in and around and about spiral and twists in the back and roomy sectional couched plotter which was the shop where pleases were ranged, like Cupid in the star. Dot. Oh carry on with it, then, I'll take more of that any day. Evening, here's my number. The paper read with A+, as in from Europe, or thereabouts, in the 31 range, if that was accurate, and it was and she began window shopping herself, to understate and understanding. And she was eye wide, with the rest of her, and shop she did. From the inside out. Slash slash. The cobble streets where shoemakers cobbled shoeries is our next road stop to a man who is also shopping in the lives of facts and measures to dress as successor to a planet, just up the road, and to the left, and left to his own devices was he, outside in the rain where anything could have usually did, on his watch, happen. He looked at his watch, watched, and watched we was. He was followed eastwardly and down a bit until he was noticed and there was a bit of closure in and some cars began to pull around, and other men got out of cars and began to walk towards the man. All the while the man stopped, to gently see what was moving and in which direction, and to see who stopped and who was near. And the nearest to him pulled out a packet of papers, neatly tied as in a manila envelope, and tucked it under his arm. You'll want to come with me. Shall we take a walk? A bit of a pause, a slightly uneasy, our character, looked, and turned with the man to have a conversation, and they walked. You know, you left us up last winter. We have the pictures you know. It was a crazy run finding you. You're not so easy to spot when you're not making waves like Geneva, are you? Did they all make it out? Asked the man. Yes all but three, we have them. They're safe and within means and agreed to help us find you, if you can find them came the reply. Oh, I see, and that was what they told me this morning as well. I declined. Of course you did, that's why we're, I mean. I'm here. Yes the cars. Not so obvious that anybody would notice that down the corridor, eh? All shopping at Marks and Spencer again? I mean the budget reads like a show stocked by one and the only, what was her name again? Penelope. Yes she runs the numbers and thought we'd all get new coats if we found you. Clever, look this has enough pockets to line yours, and etc. Here. Take the envelope. I've got to get going and wanted to give you time to read and such. And the bridge is over there. I suggest you take a stroll and give it some thought. And if you don't jump over the side of that bridge, I'll take it as read that you're in and we can get on to business. Take it gently, Mr. Gent. Rab was his humor, read to the collage of photos from the spy X and tucked and bobbed away at the London fog he had worn himself. Page 11 is the one we want and he walked away. Dot. Leafling through this dossier was like a seeming seemingly of a party he was at just last year. All dead or alive, as per usual. He looked closely at one, ticked it out from between the pages, folded it into his pocket and tossed the rest over the side of that small bridge that was meant as a joke, but was perfect for recycling these matters, like water under a bridge, no less. He twirled gently and moved on forward and on to his next stop, with a telephone. Dot. The phone chimed dot dot for twelve and a half minutes. The operator was listening. He could hear her breathing. All right in there Mavis? 
got enough toffees to last the conversation this was her exchange and she knew the party he was trying to reach. Yeah you know. Went down to the pub half past, you can still find her there she just rung up Pete and they're all on their way about to their next stop, if you can catch her. Thanks Mavis. You've saved my life on this one, and I'll send more toffees when I get out of the aisle. Quick. Notebook under her arm. Man on the other, the young women walked out the pub and into a black cab. They rode into the city evening, with music from Bolero playing lightly on a stereophonic speaker dial-tuned radio program. And this is Radio 11, the driver turned down the volume. So it's West End again, eh? You client. All right, it's just up into that house, there. He pointed. And when you get it, you'll need this bottle of Dom and that's your entry into the back room, get it? and get it. We have 25 minutes and you should finish, or he'll finish you, and me. And I'll be round to pick you up, on time. Right? Right, she got out with the bottle and walked up to the steps, stepped up and took her key out. She jiggled her bosom in the lock and fingers the bottle of champagne just gently enough to remind herself that this was her job of jobs tonight. And she looked good. She peeled up her dress and showed her garter to the driver winked, and rode in on the bottle towards the rear of the flat, and her client's client client. Dot. James sat up from the comfort of his suede couch and couched his cigar between his lip and breathed out. He took the bottle from the young women, who he knew as. Claudia. Would you like a glass so it's chilled? But you're hot. Here. He poured two glasses, licked them himself, and handed her one, which she held up, the artwork on the eastern wall. It's nice, she said, the artwork reminiscent of Rampart. Or that other one. You know her accent was gently dumbed down for this one. She knew it was. And was. She stammered. Good one, she thought to herself. Yes, I forget myself with that one, which is why we're here, again, right? To forget ourselves and get ourselves, on, in fact. Or was there another matter you came about? I keep coming, back and forth, for you and the plug, you know the show? Got any interests this time I should know about? I mean last time was a surprise. And a good one. Yes interest, high-heeled interest like the bank rolled Royces of Pottery Barn Yard animal cookies glistened softly in a chewy ooze of sauntering saunter muck pie jubilee between cold winter sheets to the wind galloped velvet candied apple smotter. What? He learned that from Q. She bonged him on the head and smiled, she took some rope out of pocket, motioned, and tied him up a bit, to her pleasure, and then took out a pair of handcuffs and fixed his shoes to the chair, picked up the remainder of the bottle of champagne, and poured it into his mouth as he smiled expectantly. The bottle was of course drugged, and his smile turned into a half grin as he began to look as if he was having a stroke. He seemed alright, just couldn't get on with moving any and she pulled a bottle of pills from her purse and left it by his chair. Just enough for now, I've got to get on with getting off from here now. Let me just take a few notes and I'll be off. She reached into his breast pocket and took his wallet, with some loose notes which seemed fresh and currenty. And a small pouch with a diamond, of sorts. This is a bit more my speed she eyed the lattice structure as it gleamed and pulsed a bit as she brought it close to some power in her purse, I won't be back again. But the gents will to finish up. Best of luck with them. They're light staff tonight, 
shouldn't hurt your feeling too badly. She picked up her dress, snapped her garter at him and clicked the door closed behind her as the car pulled around and she hopped into the back seat this time, with the very berry sort of a man she'd been looking for all evening. The map opened up between them as peaks and valleys in the legend too, golden and bliss right up for a tremor of a ride downtown, and around the bend, bent up slightly and to the left. Driven home, for the nowity of sake, and shaken gently, as in gentlemen, and jacked slightly without a boozy under, but plucked and swirled, until they were fast asleep, and the sun horizon hit the other side of the planet again, for this another day in the continuation of continuity. The preceding episodic climatoidal fries modastical trollop portion of OEUS had been whizzed up the middle ground of wired magnetics for the very purposes of proposed time-space displacement and should be willed and rendered thusly on your papers and screened lightly. Photoshopped is for Windows and the Mac truck stop great and grated for cheese on and a finish for your evening as well. This is Aku Q and we bid a fair fair and well, from this Radio 11C3W. And this the average and foregone consular sessionary proof of pudding in the gently placed lapel pinned up pin up and posters in page lit on to the next stop. This has been a brief and about the future tensed and forward facing aqua cue and this is the other voice, Serena, and do join us again now and some more weekly as Radio 11 joins broadcast station or followed gently by on air, as in the sign, as in again, what's your dot dot com, and the etc. Join us for more of four and a subtractive nonsensical to naught or the minus and be in the know to the acronomics of the today, we find gently EAH emotion as a service, CLAH, continuous logistics as a service, as well in the about call wall, or telonomic systemical motion we stay tuned we will this is Radio 11. Character. Page. Dot dot. Their pagers went off. All simultaneously. They looked down, across the world and onto their wrists. Dot. The screens blinked a bit, the three of them paused and waited for it to clear. Mario was sitting in a coffee shop outside of Geneva. Again, she thought her pinkish golden watch chimed as selected when it was time for a time away and this was it. Hugh was in the middle of bussing some papers down the street towards and away from things as usual, left coat pocket and the like. And Miranda was just up at sunrise at the Pacific Rim this time. No joke. She traveled overnight and had packed just a bit for a conference meetup for the book convention scheduled last May from the township. Aria sipped her orange juice and tapped the screen. You in there, Hugh? What's the dinging about? We're all about with our business, and the proceedings are proceeding with process and necess. As needed. Arya thought he might hear it, but she tapped the screen once just to highlight her notion of notioning. Miranda tapped back. Yep, he's got his paperwork about and I believe he believed he's heading upward to the never-ending story, folks. They seem on about a traquel and you know how he can fly time and the like, so. Silence. Hugh was not normally in this much sun, this time of day. More of a night owl and black cars and the odd slipping in at the right moment and such. But geez, 101 pages on this one, and several copies for the crew, and still three hours until the next. Shoot, he dropped the papers. About time something happened, he paused and looked towards the ground, as they were slightly in between the shimmering embedded sparkly sidewalk, and a bit of slick towards and in the gutter. 
His watch chimed, and the half ticks hit a Paria's beat. Half tap. So this is what you get onto when you're not getting onto it. Make you? Ari equipped and sipped again at her orange juice, with now a splash of soda and a straw she keeps with her, so as to be ecological. Yes, Aria. He onto his onto the floor and shoulders like this haven't made it up the staircase to the case I need to get to, spiral bound and booked up like a top shelf, for this pack of loose papers now. A bit dirty and, well, not in yourself, I can see that. Is that a pocket protector? No, it's a packet of gum. It's for the cash. Anyway, how's your end? Aria's end was just fine and sitting, just and there, and she adjusted slightly at the thought and thought about telling him about the... Oh, surprise. You blurted out, and bent over to pick up the quarter on the street. Damn, it's a regular one. You'd hope for a 1964 silver ore, but anyway. The story is carrying on, and it's just I'm not carrying it anymore. It's toppled into the streets and somebody forgot to number the pages. So it'll be up to you guys to piece it together once I get over. I'll scan it and you can run it through a quick OCR or something. Or, I can. Wait, he picked up a cup of coffee and dropped it directly downward onto the ground. And the cup hit square bottom and the coffee jumped out and bits all over the paper. He took a quick photo, shuffled them together, and straightened his back up a bit. Oh, I think I got the ordering now. We have the cover bound by main splash and the spill into the street by the spray that's come off it. We're good for ordering. Now, I'll just get on and cross-splash check it from the place. Miranda too now was on the call, as she sipped her coffee. You know I would have brought you one when you arrived. I hope it wasn't a creamy one. Anyway, nice idea. I'll explain the coffee to the crew. But why didn't you try that old card trick? Pick a page, any page? With a simultaneous chagrin from the crew. Flip. Miranda's power was out, and just shrugged and put her watch on the charger. It's this sort and sordid chronicle of chronicled forgetfulness when their malaise was being re-triggered. Maybe it was the planetary offset, or maybe our characters needed to be reminded of themselves once again. It had been three weeks since the shoot, and more so since the... So yes... There was always a place to whisk her off to and never stick, and sticking was like this. Huge added a stick of gum into his mouth and hung up the street. He found the iron doorway near Chinatown, though slightly uptown, where he was to deliver the papers. He then jabbed all six buttons on the door and waited for a buzzing. Buzz. He walked inside at a slightly dim fluorescent entryway, and some wooden doors towards the left and right, but walked straight up center, to the elevator. Black rounded keys with embedded white lettering, and the floor he was to go to was land. The worn out one which was slightly sticky from Mad Tong and his bubble gum fingers. He grinned and snapped a bubble and proceeded into the lift. When he was onto the floor, he found the small office lit up brightly with a large window showing into the hallway, and motioned to the secretary as she waved at him and got up to greet him. Black hair that had to have been done up recently and a white starched blouse and a black chain, elegant and simple, and cufflinks. He didn't have an accent, and he didn't expect one. Global never does when they're not expecting expecting company. He placed the papers gently down by her table. 101, she said. And the coffee. I heard about it. 
he stated in a slight gray tone of chagrin and looked over the papers. Well, it's time and a half to type these up. So type there, but out of order, little B. Punched a calculator in her head, or as if, and it'll be all right if the coffee trick works out. And maybe we'll make it into a time travel series, you know, with the pages and all. You know what happened with. Wrong. They both said it, but her mouth was only motioning. Her mouth remained open and she smiled. How did she do that? She turned and her shoulders motioned him into a room directly behind, and he paused and proceeded towards it, with her behind him. He looked back at that and motioned a question towards the brass doorknob. He nodded and they both proceeded into the room, which again was lit well, and, well, a bit of a thick wall. And, tap tap. His watch was out. Yielded. The door closed and she hit a button on her watch, and the lights dimmed to a sort of reddish fluorescent and there was hum. Secondary. Her voice flatted a little. Keep your voice at this tone so that it's in line with the active RF chokes we have going around the place. The papers. And the coffee. And the gum. Good job and I hope you picked up everything we left. Yes? Duh. You found it impossible not to be, and look around at the place. It only takes one word to get into this place, eh? He joked. Of course, it took several months and a year and plus before that, but he was here. And here? Well, heard anyway. He maintained and took out his pen and pulled a paper up from the desk and began to write a few words. The women looked on the bit begruzzled as her face noted the word and she said nothing. Then he clicked the pen and the word lit up in a sort of iridescent. And as he moved his light across the word, the patterns moved, and continued and moved as long as the light was on them, pausing only when he took away the light, and using those last bits of light to orient themselves into. Basis. Was the word. He explained, although he didn't need to, for her, he still felt a bit like Mr. Wizard with his thing, and as he kept his voice at a dim glimmer, and she continued to eye the ink on paper, as it had now been transfixed for several minutes in the beauty of the alignment of the... What was it again? Electroglutosilicate. He said as plainly as the red light on her cufflinks. And he blinked at her. He looked over the pen and took off her cufflinks and they did indeed match. Guy, I can see. Incredible taste in... What was it again? Everything? Came the response. A form that follows function at its ultimate and timely and literally time and specificity of genetics in a pattern designed in for and with and. Well, this is where planet Earth finds a use for its silicon, and silicon finds a purpose for its ordered numbering. In truth, there were no numbers. This was pure life, on whatever surface and surface, and still, and still enough to travel in. It likes life, she said, and smiled to him as she played with a pen across the paper. Well, it doesn't just like light, it likes to sleep as well. The orientation is a learning experience for these silly guys and gals, on paper anyway. They spend their time solving their own problems, which in turn, in applied solves your problem, if you know what you're doing. And I hope you do, because we can't lose these. It's that simple. And they'll carry on and work their way out of your own problem if you have the right one which works for life. And that is why these are going places. Because we needed an ethics on chip and this is just called breakfast better than any possibility we'd imagined. You know how they were discovered? 
I thought you were going to say asteroid. She noticed she was becoming interestingly excited and had to dim her voice a bit more. Sort of like that. It was a smash blast from a satellite onto a flight carrier that had its little science experiment exposed to refracting light and electricity for 11 and a half minutes until they were crushed into dust by a jet landed onto them. Strange circumstance. Materials from the jet and the glass, electrical and radio, and these little mite guys who were meant to survive in space, survived into a flattened surface of goo on the tarmac. Funny thing it was noticed right away because the little guys camoed themselves into a landing strike sign the guys had never seen before. It was like a cross between a danger do not land signal, and a tangent on where they all wanted to exit. When he walked away to tell all the guys, the stuff stuck to his feet and began tapping Morse code into his boots. Good thing he passed the tests, because they tapped this very word into his shoe, and so they brought them to us. The cufflinks look good on cue. Passed him up a bit. Though this is trial J on this one, and those papers up front. You can feed it to these guys if they're hungry. I've got to get on and about to the other three about it and you need to. Write these events up. I know she picked up the pen. Well, you came at the right time, and you know we're into a crunch. What's the protocol for these guys in public? Just don't leave the paper behind. They get all cross when they lose their mates and it confuses the out of baristas who try to claim their outrageous tips. It seems these fellas have a bit of a wit towards the ladies and, well, anyway. Keep them happy and they'll keep you happy. Happy. We're all happy. And that's the point. Thought. Anybody using that? He pointed to the hat on the hat rack. Didn't wait for a response and picked it up and headed towards the door, correcting his coat up a bit as he got out of the room. She smiled and led him back to the front and clicked her clacker at him and looked up as she sat down at the desk again and stated 101. He nodded towards the door and out. A hat, he liked. It was like odd jobs top rounded, but without the, he looked. And replaced it to his head. Yes, without the chop chop part. He was back into his part, a bit more like himself and thinking of Arya. Well, that didn't take long. How about a light travel dare walk down where I'm headed and then afterwards? It was dark. The mist was starting to hit mid-waist level and the two had been walking for about two hours talking about the product and its specifics and integrations and making sure everybody involved had gotten what they needed. And us. Hugh tapped the cufflinks, and they continued walking. It wasn't a bad day you know. It was better than yesterday. And that kind of reminds me. He pointed down to her. Those bits. Ah, yes. Perhaps if we had more time yesterday. But we're here in the now. You know. And our stop is just ahead. Do you want to take a seat? He paused and thought for a second. The mist was certainly coming up around him and the cufflinks were sort of see-through now, with the water vapor. And he thought to himself. Well, now is a time. He raised his arm and tapped his two fingers across both anode and diodes of the cufflinks and there was an incredible and warble just around them, like an egg. The light hitting them was fizzing around like little swimmy things, and the water vapor was just dots, completely solid and not moving a speck. Arya did look surprised, and looked at his jacket cuff and up at his grinning smile. The light from her warbled a bit too and they just stood there for a second, watching all of everything pass through them, as they became... 
non-entities and the separation of light from matters and facts of spatial reasoning, said Q in his dim slated voice, and they carried forward. Was Arya's gentle response, and she took his hand, and they continued walking forward towards the pier on the ocean. They don't as they passed some non-passerbys, who didn't look up nor at all, and their speech was not an echo in thought as it was normally. They could justly hear them and know they were not heard. They didn't see the cliff, or thought it was a mirage. And now we're here. Light, aren't they? He jiggled his cufflinks at the non-weight and continued walking and smiling about it. The light powers these things, and the water is static, and so is our material. And so, and so, Arya motioned up to the stars, and they both looked up. And we are light, too. I can feel it. It felt as if they had no weight and indeed felt as if they could walk forever on these two feet and never need a rest or a place to stop. That was right. With only light and non-matter, it didn't matter, he said to himself. And the light was just that part of the wording that helped him make sense and the egg was. Well, that was just a little joke, and in fact the forum again, and they talked about the joke. Of course we did she joke later in the conversation, and also of course referring to the punchline. And we always will. And will they ever? So they carried on a bit about it, and talked about the marriage of these technologies and of course what they were really good for, which again by design was the design of life, and life itself was. Well, they both nodded on in times like this when even things became a bit heavy and they had done their jobs to get this here and that there, and the magnificence was. Oh, well it was and. Hugh took out a second pen from his pocket. I got you a gift. And they go together. Oh, this one's is a different color. I like it. Metallic. Would be good for some drawing. You know, if we can get our hands on Miranda's notebook. You know the one I mean. I did. What did she call it? Facial case book she did. We should call her tomorrow. Or is she already on? Is that you? A gentle ping came from her watch. Yes, it's me and me. You know the footage is done. Developed and such for the film. You didn't tell her about. Did you? Of course no. Theaters took me up on the prints and the showings will be on and on about midnight. The EGS will be lit up and we'll be on time. That is to be seen, she grinned. Well, quite. It should have quite an effect. The one you're looking for, I hope. With the right audience was his responsive response and they carried on a bit about it, and imagined for a bit what the new beginning would be like, and hoped they'd make it on time, and they joked some more about that. Well, just at that moment, an asteroid came about the horizon and blitzed them all around, as the ocean burst up into a wash and stuck to the bubble they were now pausing and positively amazed and amazingly. It just stood there, and the matter passed through them and it was as if they'd seen a million years of star experience in that instance and they were now quite definitely above ground, as the crater was now beneath them and water began to flow into it and yet they hovered. No side effect, said Q. He stepped up a bit, and Arya smiled, and they began walking on the water pinholes and they were prickly but easy to balance on, and the mist was still around, and as they walked onto it and walked up the sky opened up and it began to rain each time dropping pins around them and each time they walk up and up and up, and completely stable, and 
the rain, they walked up towards the cloud, and it began to murble an electrical murble, and they paused and to butt it, and it thought about them. And they could hear a slight whisper, and they hadn't heard the kind of voice before, and it was the water. And the water was just gently carrying on a conversation with itself about its direction and about the presence of presence to be delivered on so-and-so, and it was in plain language, as they now heard it at its call. And the light continued to swim around like water, and the water inside still spun a bit to orient. And they looked closer and closer at the individual droplets of water on their bite the blade. And Q brought up Aria's hand where she held the fan and clicked the light onto the water. Tiny people, gasped Arya like a bit of a shock she might have gotten from that pen or something. And yes, dozens of highly recognizable people were chattering away, and away they were, miles and miles in front. And that's the direction they faced. Towards themselves, if they needed the water, and away and about. In fact, if they were chattering with other water warble bits about their bits of just what to do with themselves. And I'd stand tonight, you know. If the easterly is going to kick off, and that bit of muck on aisle five has got to get a clearing, and a salty one they joked with each other. Some of the water just stood around and seemed confused about the light, and they looked at Arya and Q standing there watching them. Who said one bit of water? You found us out, eh? You're not going to tell anybody about us, are you? I mean with this thing and all. We haven't seen this thing turned on in... Well, a couple of years, and it was pretty fine back then. We'd love to stay and chatter about it, but our fellows have to get on with several light years' worth of time and materials, which you lot think is just a freak asteroid and a simple storm, eh? I bet that's what you think. Like the cloud didn't see that thing years ago, and we haven't been chattering about it up until this point. I mean, the notions were like, what do you keep calling it? Van der Wall. Oh, that's right. Well, it's us. Hello. Water droplet chirped and Q. Yes, I'm this bit of electron here, and that's my mate, and we're headed in that direction for the big one, you know. If we can swing it? You clicked off the pen. You knew. Well, we'd better get to the show, and the show must go on, he stated to Aria, and they began walking a bit towards the theater. I'd like a bit more of that, she said to him, and they were grasping each other's hands now. I mean, you couldn't ask him a bit more about the weather, eh? Well, they've got their lot and we've got ours tonight. And I'm sure we'll all be all right if the lights don't go out. He shuddered. So yes. Well, the generator is handy, but we weren't planning for a long outage. We'd have to move the show if it goes out and on. But we'll see. Thought. They just hit the theater at 11 front row Miranda was there with her notebook as Arya sat on one side and Q on the other, with some goobers for the show he'd picked up in the front. Thought. Lights dimmed except the beams coming from the rear towards the screen, and Miranda took out her notebook expectantly. He motioned the pen from Arya, who gave it to her and she began to draw. Thought. The film was an art film. Well, the three knew it wasn't a film at all but a continuous loop of two and a half feet of cellulose with our little friends running around in the light, charting and orienting to the eyeballs on them in the audience. And the audience was amused. At very first by the geometric primitive shapes in 2D, then 3D, then color, and as the color was painted onto the 3D objects they began to spin and form more complex shapes, 
can color themselves in the lines from the shapes would become evident then the lines would change color as gradients and move into as other lines also in 3d and starting making real pictures that one could readily see as animals and people and plants and small critters and then created was a backdrop which moved independently although some of the material critters or egs would switch between front and background as needed instantly adjust its coloring to match the presentation which was the orientation of the rest of them and us the pictures began to tell a story a story about the audience about how they had traveled there their day perhaps the day before and what was on their mind quite the little mind readers aren't they he turned and smiled past Miranda and onto aria as Miranda began to draw in her notebook and the pictures were then very much about the present about this moment and in fact began to draw the audience of seated and it was very much like a mirror except the patterns were evident which thoughts were coming off which people in the audience and Miranda was at the center and more centrally centered the pen italic in which she continued to draw into the notebook and the paper glimmered and she was drawing primitive shapes like triangles and circles and the pen was a thick metallic and all sorts of language flowed inside the metal as a communication of what she was drawing thinking and the light coming off the screen and its messages the screen now began as if again stopping abruptly and showing the countdown as a film starting might do and it was a bit now into the future kind of like christmas past in fact and began showing the storm outside and all the materials it had come to know about with contact with water and explained in pictures what the water wanted and why they were water in the first place and to expound on it would just make literal sense because they were in this place and the people and events were so specific to those moments and ever changing that it was simply understood and if you were watching it you altered it and understood it as it altered you and so forth and all the time and Miranda drew a square into her notebook and scribbled into it a little poem and the metallic seemed to like the poem and hurried around it and the light from the theater shone on it a bit more until the lights went out and the film stopped and the place was completely out now stands the final metallic glow on the paper as they rushed to orient onto the poem and the dimness became static onus and soft beat a wit to eat ponder stitch beat that cue and Miranda and Aria just paused a bit we've got the program for now Miranda gave the pen to Aria and closed her notebook these guys will stick tight but we have a bit more for them to do at the next showing what should we do until then the same I guess guessed cue right and tapped his cuffs again at the two women and they got up and walked with him to his left and continued on and Aria grappled at Miranda's rear and motioning them along as motion go it was a pretty good one and they carried on and carried each other in light conversation as the tryst met in a spatial hazy over which they stepped into and around and their rear view mirrors were reveled in and beveled shades of hues and trickles of water popped in to say hello and the sky's night was a deep blue and heady ideas of the continuation of their prior episodic adventure carried themselves into the night and eventually into the padded bed they adored and with each other took some bliss and the time and a half to say hello too all their bits from forward and behind and in and about and onwards and upwards etc and they smiled and at a very early morning or later later evening Miranda opened up her notebook from the bedside above and opened to the poem and the light from her eyes reflected onto the page and the poem winked back at her 
and carried on with the paper for a second glimmer at Aria and Q, and inside the poem became a fractal of text, at first mirroring the poem, and they simply spelling out a series of images and text, a language meant for her. It was her laundry list, in fact, and she laughed. How did you know about my knickers? He laughed and slapped the notebook closed and wrapped it neatly with a red string and placed it by her side. He looked up with one eye, then closed it and put his hand on her buttock. Aria curled inwards and spooned Miranda from the left, and Miranda continued to smile at the thoughts going through Aria's and Q's minds. Geneva is always good a second time and she clacked the lights out and turned and they just spent some time with each other's juicier bits for a time, and time again as they do and imagined in positions their bodies as it pleased them and each other, and the leisure of pleasure carried them in their evenings, like tonight, and with hope every night, and the sparkier bits were sparked and the water bits washed over them, and it was time and again, they took pause, and drifted off to a warm sleep for the tryst of them to trust and read over the day on a new day like tomorrow was promising to be. Thought. The proceeding has been a mild delve into the adventuresome and others to the non-crudity of credulous credibilities in the ongoing saga of our friends and their living forms of grandulous grandurosity the EGS, and pendles in mightier and might be later for our pals. In a later episode, of course with is the side of knackers and a side trolley up the west side of highways and means for all who now and in the future, hence as in to say it backwards from the future, or in facts and fiction. Full stop. For the now, back with you. Particle physics of the said, actionable towards a completeness towards the next and forward balanced and fluidity, we find our soft sun radiant and the just and enough let, atmospherically, to bounce also towards the reflection of mass particles in a solar of systems, we find. It's just so, it happens, that what we utilize is what we present for another.
honesty. Dash. We and the know are aware, and many and many are weddings which take towards the giving of this, the balance, strength thing which had ought to be rarely a sunrise for the riches contained, and yet oddly a leakage into space, radio and disparity, ripped, reversed, fouled out, proclaimed and never found again, if you know what I mean. Our bodies, spatial, stole the phone area. versus actual livability. There was a singular of containment, that which proceeds for the next, and as Heisenberg is aware, at the time, observability of a shedding of material, is not quite chaos, again, and these elements should ne'er exist in containment anyway, and that's a little plain on containment, due to element of physics that their atomic should be contained as other elements, and not the so on, of surprise. We've said all these things. You've been listening to the acumen of lead into the new book, Alt Earth Text, now in the formal or formality of formatting for the brevity of levity and adjustness of justice and justified left and forward and right even, no mistake, and so.
We or us in the radio and turn it to 11 on the Gobba Stobber modder front of each Tuesday and Thursday in the 3 p.m. to Naughty phase of thinking towards an action of regeneration of reverberation and the return of the here and now Aqua Q. This is the aisle in and about the near seeming of the next and forward San Francisco, in these the United Statehoods of man, and so with a bit of free electronic particle, we denote the note to provide a gentle air of the about and next of just living here is to you, our listener do come again, love to us in light table for supper this is Radio 11.
you know, we're pretty liberal about a lot of stuff, but we are dead serious about fire precautions. Rumors are circulating online that an annual unsanctioned gathering of thousands of people will make its way back to Colorado this summer. Good evening. I'm Kelly Worthman. Thank you for joining us here on CBS4 and now streaming on CBS News Colorado. The Rainbow Family Gathering marks its 50th year this summer. The loose-knit group of world peace-seeking people meet on national forest land for days, even weeks at a time. And after a number of destructive wildfires, many Coloradans are concerned a gathering like this is just too big of a risk. Our Connor McHugh is live. McHugh is live in Lakewood tonight at the National Forest Service office and Connor officials there and really around the state are keeping a pretty close eye on this. Yeah, Kelly, while this year's location has not been decided, Colorado officials suspect it will be here in this state because this is where the gathering all began several decades ago. Whether or not that is the case, the Forest Service here does have a team ready to respond. For almost five decades, the Rainbow Family of Living Light has gathered once a year on national forest lands all across the country. Each time, they come from all over, have no leaders, and gather for days in the name of love and world peace. It's an idea of cooperation. It's an idea of building community. This year will be Gary Stubbs' 39th Rainbow Gathering. It also marks the 50th year since the first ever meetup near Granby. Some people are expecting as few as 10,000. Others of us are thinking we might get as many as 30,000. While this year's location has yet to be determined, rumors are already swirling. We're anticipating that they may go back to that location, but it's just really in the planning and initial planning stages right now. Hillary Markin works with the Forest Services team dedicated to the Rainbow Gathering. She says planning is often a challenge since the group does not apply for permits. They pride themselves sometimes in changing locations and surprising us. The last gathering in Colorado was in 2006, where rangers issued hundreds of tickets for drug violations and illegal camping. This year, impacts to the land and fire danger are among their top concerns. The area has been hit hard by wildfires in the past years. Down in New Mexico in 2021, we were within stage one fire restrictions for part of the gathering and enforced those very strongly. You know, we're pretty liberal about a lot of stuff, but we are dead serious about fire precautions. Stubbs says the Rainbow family enforces its own restrictions and has a fire watch group. As for the trash, a team of volunteers stays behind to clean up. While he's doubtful, the gathering will be in Granby this year. Officials are still preparing. We want to be there to help the community, to help support the area, and also work for the safety and health and protect the resources. The location of the gathering won't be decided until June. The Grand County Sheriff tells us today that he is aware his county is a possibility, and he is preparing and will strive to minimize the impact on the local community. Live tonight, Connor McHugh covering Colorado First. Google.
solo would not pick up. There's no other player solo, so I'm just going to talk bullshit. <laughs> going south down Roanoke, out of Rock and Ride of Philly, out of Nice Long Coke. Out east, headed west to Cumberland Gap, Johnson City, Tennessee, California. This episode is brought to you by Choir League. Because this Sunday, Denver's drinking group with a singing problem is bringing their choral bangers to the Stanley Marketplace. Choir League takes the music seriously, but their shows are more relaxed than your typical classical music concert. They encourage audience members to move around, grab a drink during the concert, or just get up and dance if you're feeling it. This particular concert is special because it was inspired by a playlist from Choir League members. These are the songs that they could not wait to get together and sing again after, you know, the pandemic. Tickets are on sale at Eventbrite now. 
For more info on the program and the choir, visit choirleague.com or email info at choirleague.com. Today on CityCast Denver. Celebrating its 50th anniversary this year, the Rainbow Gathering of the Tribes is set to potentially bring thousands of campers to Colorado this summer for their annual weeks-long celebration. But not everyone is excited about this massive festival of camping hippies. The Colorado Sun described the Rainbow Gathering as a, quote, national bacchanal, and cited locals' concerns with potential wildfires, illegal activity, and trash coming along with the thousands of attendees. When this news dropped a few weeks ago, the backlash was swift and vocal, with a Reddit post on how to take action against the event garnering more than 600 comments in less than 24 hours. But no one actually talked to anyone who's been to a Rainbow Gathering. So we found someone. Today is Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Tanali Rennick, welcome to CityCast Denver. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. So the reason I wanted to talk to you was here in Colorado, there was sort of some hubbub when folks learned that the annual Rainbow Gathering may be coming back to Colorado for its 50th anniversary. And folks were worried about thousands of people coming and potentially trampling on our precious outdoors. But I I want to hear from you, a firsthand experienced person, what, what are people getting wrong about Rainbow Gathering? Well, first, like they started in 1972 and since it's become a global phenomenon because they happen all around the world now in many countries. And I've been to several gatherings outside the U.S. And one thing I've noticed is the U.S. is always the least welcoming. (laughs) Uh, There's always a little bit of hysteria. But um, for me, I think the fear that people have is natural, but I, I... I think something that gets exaggerated is how many people are going to attend. I just saw an article yesterday that there was a claim that 80,000 were attending. And (laughs) you know what? I don't think, I believe the first gathering in 1972, by all accounts, was roughly 20,000. And I believe the biggest gathering that I've ever attended was probably 1997 in Oregon. That probably was 20-ish, 25,000. But it's always hard to say because it's just a guesstimate. Like, we've never even had 40,000, 50,000, much less 80,000. So I think those are exaggerated. And I think that puts people on edge because they're like 80,000 people. And, and, and nowadays, I mean, I'd be surprised with Colorado if we get 10,000. But I could be wrong. So... I don't know. Maybe more will show. Sure, sure. And and I mean, I, I get the the fear in that, like, you know, if we say like a traditional music festival, there's a, it's a ticketed event. There's some sort of infrastructure around it. it thinking about 20,000 people showing up into a space can be a little bit daunting. So but do you think that the I guess these these concerns about trash and crime and particularly Colorado, we have we deal with wildfires and it's been pretty detrimental. Are those founded concerns? I mean, are these like legit things that we should be worrying about? If there wasn't 
the cleanup effort and the dedication involved, rainbow gatherings would not have existed for as long as they have. I mean, you wouldn't have 50 years if you just trashed a place. I personally have seen well over a dozen previous annual sites, uh, you know, sites that have had 10, 20,000 people at them. And you can't see the impact. Like I've gone and tried to see like, uh, finding the old slit latrines or an old compost pit. And it's very hard. Like you'd have to really know what you're looking for. And even then it's very difficult because you can see a slight depression in the earth or something, but it's, it's the cleanup effort that is involved with rainbow that, that, you know, several dozens of people stay for weeks after cleaning up and sorting through the recycling and dispersing trails um, we usually work with the forest service during the cleanup process, like how, you know, we dismantle all the bridges, all the kitchen stuff. And, um, I mean, it looks really, really good. And as someone who's an avid hiker and camper, I mean, I've been in national forest, I've seen the, the box string mattresses and the beer cans, you know, I, there's trash in the forest. And sometimes we go to a gathering site and we're cleaning up trash you know, so it's, it's, it's there and it, you know, and it's, it's a responsibility of all of us that go camping, whether it's a rainbow gathering or not to clean up after yourself. Yeah. That's making more sense to me now, actually, that you're saying it, because I'm thinking about the difference between, it would be like, if you went to a music festival as a patron, but you also were part of a cleanup crew Mm -hmm. and also maybe you were a performer, like there was more fluidity around the roles that people have within these gatherings. Yeah, like for me, the Rainbow Gathering is is not a vacation. I go there and I you, people are hiking miles a day. They're carrying in sacks of rice for two miles. Um, you're, you know, digging a, a compost pit um, and you're putting up tarps. And they're just the day-to-day activity. It it is absolutely not a vacation for me. Maybe some people might treat it as such, but even if you barely lift a finger, you're still hiking. You're still carrying your own stuff in or whatever. So it is very much more a sense of like a a pilgrimage and more of like a okay. a journey. Like a, as a friend once described, it's like boot camp for the soul. <laughs> and. uh I think that's very apt description because there are, for me, many lessons that can be learned at a rainbow gathering. And there's been many takeaways. Each gathering, I learn something new and it helps refine my sense of like being patient, uh, listening to one another, adding more care and compassion in my life. I love this idea. It's sort of a informal space to learn how to be a better human sometimes, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. And so all of these like magical like performances that I would hear on the campfire led me to want to start field recording at Rainbow Gathering. So I started doing that in 2000 and I've been doing it ever since. So over 20 years, I've amassed an archive of nearly 1500 recordings mixed of like ambient nature sounds, campfire music, poetry, stories, random kitchen chatter. It's it's a vast. It's a vast archive. This episode is brought to you by the How to Buy a Home podcast. If you're waiting for the right time to buy a house, you might be missing your moment. 
and rents aren't getting any cheaper in Denver. In fact, they just went up again in April. This is where David Sedoni and his How to Buy a Home podcast come in. He's an industry expert who wants to share his knowledge and experience with you. His show is a great guide for first-time homebuyers because David answers questions like, can I buy a home with a 600 credit score? Should I start looking for a home now, even as prices keep rising? The answer to those questions is yes. And David is here to guide you every step of the way. And you know what? David has already helped several CityCast listeners just like you. Find How to Buy a Home wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. I read a Vice article from 2014 that kind of talked about concerns about allegations of violence that have happened at rainbow gatherings. Like in Utah that year, a woman was arrested for stabbing a man and then another woman was found dead. What is your response to that kind of coverage? Well, I think anytime you get, you know, hundreds of people together, schisms will arise. <laughs> it, it's inevitable. Sure. And um, rainbow gatherings are a microcosm of the macrocosm of society. And things can happen. Uh, and that Vice article is really like the thorn in our side because that happened mm. in uh, 2014 in Utah. And now it's the article that's always all over the internet forever. <laughs> and it's like after 50 years, if you have 50 yeah. years of gathering thousands of people together and you never had an incident or incidents, I would be very, I would think you were lying. So yes, problems have arisen over the years and do arise. And it's more about how do we collectively as the community uh, handle it. I think part of the, the hard part for folks outside of it to understand is it's so the informal aspect, right? There's no hierarchy. There's no official collective or group. How do folks get involved uh, with the Rainbow family if they want? Um, well, there's the old adage, those that do the doing sale, the doing gets done. So it's – you um, people just kind of go and if you – if it's something you're attracted to, people just kind of get involved. People that have asked me about Rainbow, oh, would I go to it? Well, first thing I always ask people is, do you like camping? And I've had friends, you know, or acquaintances say, no, I hate it. And I say, well, <laughs> you'll hate a rainbow gathering. Don't go. Because <laughs> if you don't love camping, don't go to a rainbow gathering because you'll hate that. And then you'll hate everything else. But if you like camping and you like people and you like, um, you know, creative expression and, and – um, non-commercial kind of event and the sharing of things, uh, rainbow gathering might be something of interest to you. And then generally I try to encourage people if they're going for the first time to kind of poke around when you get there and find a, an affinity kind of camp that you feel like the best vibes. Like, oh, this, this, this one is more up my alley. Maybe someday. And then just try to get involved. Ask if uh, you can do anything. So say I live in an area that's near where Rainbow Gathering might happen. Like I live in a mountain town or something. What would you want me to know? Or like, what if I'm I'm still nervous or scared about all these thousands of people showing up? What What's the thing you'd want me to know? Know that it's it's a temporary thing. Know that there will be care involved to make sure it is cleaned up. Um, like I mentioned earlier, weeks of dedication there, there shouldn't be 
the the hysteria and i've never before seen in my nearly 30 years of gathering articles that are coming out in april this is so early yeah and with the barrage of them that have came out i don't know what in like lit the spark but like uh what was it a week or two ago it was suddenly it was just article after article after article a lot of them were like really like oh all, everyone had all the heebie-jeebies about it and i was like oh my god and everybody in like the online a lot of gatherers were like what is all this oh my gosh totally and i think a local person should just know it's it's a one-time thing you should feel lucky if it comes to your town because it's and especially this year this is the 50th year it's the year of the jubilee it's 50 year anniversary of an event that's been a phenomenon that's remained outside of the realm of like the commercial world for this long. I really appreciate you giving us a sort of insider perspective. I understand the hesitancy for folks in Rainbow Gathering to not want to talk because, you know, you don't want to represent everyone, especially because there's this very informal nature. But I think it helps so much for folks who have never been to one to hear from someone who has firsthand experience with it. Yeah, and I and and again, like I'm just me. Like you talk to someone else, they'll have a totally different point of view. Totally. So it's it's really depends who you talk to. Tanali Rennick, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, it was I was glad to be here. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Denver Public Schools Board Vice President Tay Anderson is in the news again. This time because his lawsuit has been dismissed. Well, most of the lawsuit anyway. Westward reports that in November, Anderson filed a suit claiming he was defamed by BLM 5280 and several individuals. A judge dismissed all claims except those against Parker activist Jeeva Sinlothan. Speaking of lawsuits, former DeVita CEO Kent Theory and the company were found not guilty of conspiracy. Nine News reports that DeVita and Theory were accused of violating the Sherman Act, which would have kept employees from seeking work opportunities at other dialysis companies. Be sure to check out the CityCast Denver newsletter, where today, Peyton Garcia digs into the details of the lawsuit's outcome. Read and subscribe at denver.citycast.fm forward slash newsletter. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us and rate the show wherever you get your podcasts. No, seriously, rate us five stars and leave us a nice note on Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. It really helps other Mile High City dwellers like you find our show, and that means a lot to us. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye! <laughs> I love acting and playing myself. It's my ultimate role. By a train, and there's nothing fucking right about it's driving me insane. There's puddle water and a needle in my vein, and it's cussing through my blood, and it's mixed with cheap cocaine. The tracks of my omelet to the tricks of my sleep. I'm broken, fucking hungry, and I'm living on the streets. The tracks of my omelet to the tricks of my sleep. I'm broken, fucking hungry, and I need a bite to eat. Take a trip going back to Montreal. Total windy ride with my woman and my dogs. We'll drink.
drink all day as we party through the night. I'm blacking out on liquor and I'm looking for a fight because the tracks up my omelet to the tricks up my sleeve. I'm broke and fucking hungry and I'm living on the street. The tracks up my omelet to the tricks up my sleeve. I'm broke and fucking hungry and I need a bite to eat. Take a trip going back to Montreal. A cold and windy ride with my woman and my dogs. We drink all day as we party through the night. I'm blacking out on liquor and I'm looking for a fight. The tracks up my omelet to the tricks up my sleeve. I'm broken, fucking hungry, and I'm living on the streets. The tracks up my omelet to the tricks up my sleeve. I'm broken, fucking hungry, and I need a bite to eat. Route County officials get emergency management training with rainbow gathering, wildfires, and mind. There is a fair chance the gathering could happen in Route County, as did in 2006. By Dylan Anderson, with Steamboat Pilot and Today, April 26, 2022. As several local officials gathered in Route County's Emergency Operations Center for Emergency Management Training, County Emergency Manager Mo DeMorat told them to keep two things in mind. The first was wildfires, historically the cause of the lion's share of emergencies in the county, including three large fires since 2020 that each cost about $10 million to combat. The other was more unique. There is still a good possibility we have the Rainbow family gather in Route County, DeMorat said, referencing a planned gathering of as many as 30,000 people that will return to Colorado this year for its 50th anniversary. We still don't know, but there is a fair chance it could be in Route County. Earlier this month, commissioners in Grand County sent a statement to Sky High News saying the gathering could happen there, near where the group had first gathered at Strawberry Lake. But the group also gathered near Clark in 2006, and even if they don't gather in Route County, that amount of people will require help from neighboring counties. They keep it very secret and they won't advertise it, so no one really knows, DeMorat said of the gathering's location. Wherever it's going to be, it's going to be a big impact, and I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way. Any time, in addition to our normal tourism, you have an influx of thousands of people, it's going to be a strain on resources. The officials, elected commissioners, and Steamboat City Council members, as well as various city, county, fire district, and law enforcement personnel, gathered Tuesday, April 26th, to learn about their role in responding to an emergency, whether that be the much-talked-about gathering or a more traditional emergency like a flood or fire. Bobby Lucero, the Northwest Colorado Field Manager for the Colorado Department of Emergency Management, spent a few hours walking the officials through a variety of the processes and agreements used to manage emergencies, emphasizing that now is the best time to understand their role, not when an emergency situation is unfolding. Then when you have that bad day, everybody understands their roles and responsibility, Lucero said. 
Lucero shared a colorful diagram with numerous lines and shapes outlining the life cycle of a disaster with the roles of the various incident management, emergency operations, and policy group teams identified. She said there are eight-hour classes focused solely on explaining the diagram. For example, the incident manager would be the one to order an evacuation and the emergency operations people would be the ones to communicate that out to the public. But there are also people working on developing longer-term planning, ensuring resources get to that incident, and paying attention to the cost of response. Lucero said many of these agreements and resolutions outlining who has authority over an incident can be put in place or at least drafted before an emergency starts. That's the point of this class, Lucero said, being able to identify what do we need pre-disaster, not when there's smoke in the air. We need to talk about this stuff now. Lucero said she has been in on planning meetings with the U.S. Forest Service, preparing for the Rainbow Gathering. Commissioners in Grand County have even asked her about putting on putting an emergency declaration in place now to ensure they can get the resources should the Rainbow come to Grand County. If the gathering was to be elsewhere in the state, Lucero said her agency and the Forest Service would share any planning with local officials there. If information was strong, the Rainbows were coming to Route County. She recommended officials get agreements with the Forest Service in place, as they will likely depend on local resources in addition to their own. We're all trying to be prepared for it, Demorat said. It's just a matter of an influx of that many people that are drawing upon limited resources. We only have so many ambulances that are on duty at any one time. What shall we do with a drunken rainbow? What shall we do with a drunken rainbow? What shall we do with a drunken rainbow early in the morning? Take him to the shit pit, make him dig it. Take him to the shit pit, make him dig it. Take him to the shit pit, make him dig it early in the morning. Hooray, up she rises, hooray, up she rises. Hooray, up she rises early in the morning. What shall we do with the raw food vegans? What shall we do with the raw food vegans? What shall we do with the raw food vegans? I lie in the morning. Put him in the cage and feed him bacon. Put him in the cage and feed him bacon. Put him in the cage and feed him bacon. Her lie in the morning. Ooh, rain up, she rises. Ooh, rain up, she rises. Ooh, rain up, she rises. Her lie in the morning. Ooh, rain up, she rises. Ooh, rain up, she rises. Her lie in the morning. What shall we do with a drunken sailor? What shall we do with a drunken sailor? Lie in the morning. Put him in the Belgian, make him drink it. Put him in the Belgian, make him drink it. Put him in the Belgian, make him drink it. Or lie in the morning. Hooray and up she rises. Hooray and up she rises. Early in the morning. You guys, you should, you should carry on. Say, I'm trying to do canon, so you can sing. It's all the same. It's good. It's the same chords. So you can yeah. sing. You can sing the different lyrics, and it works with the rest of the canon. I can, I can sing like. What shall we do with a drunken sailor? What shall we do with a drunken sailor? Lie in the morning. Put him in bed with a captain's daughter. Put him in bed with a captain's daughter. Put him in bed with a captain's daughter. Lie in the morning. 
Agencies in Colorado and Wyoming are bracing for the potential influx of up to 50,000 people between mid-June and mid-July as the Rainbow Family of Living Light plans its 50th anniversary celebration and its first real gathering since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. The Rainbow Family describes itself as a, quote, loose-knit group of people without leadership or organization who gather on national forests to discuss political and environmental issues, pray for world peace, and celebrate life. Other than the pandemic years, the National Gathering has been held every year since 1972, typically drawing between 10,000 and 20,000 people from all walks of life to different public lands. The exact location upon which some 30 to 50,000 people will descend this summer has not yet been determined. Carbon County Emergency Manager Lenny Lehman is monitoring the situation expects a decision on one of five Colorado locations in the coming weeks. We're in no particular order. First is near Durango, uh, which is probably the farthest south, which is the one that I hope they pick. Number two is Mesa County, kind of the Grand Junction, Palisades area. And then the other three are uh, somewhere up north, somewhere either in Jackson, Moffat, or Route County. Small groups of so-called Rainbow family members scout locations as the weather warms. They then congregate for an annual spring council discussing options and selecting a site. The decision won't be made until June. As the emergency manager for Carbon, which shares its southern border and its national forests and grasslands with northwest Colorado, Lehman is thinking ahead to the potential impacts for municipalities like the towns of Riverside and Saratoga. He's also worried about the gathering's proximity to the massive burn scar left behind by the East Troublesome Fire, which originated just northeast of Kremlin, Colorado, and burned over more than 192,000 acres before it was contained in late November 2020. The one that has me most concern is the one that's in Jackson, which is the one that sounds like they may end up choosing. Might be in the North North Park area, uh, kind of near Kremlin. Speaking to the Board of Carbon County Commissioners, Lehman explained his biggest fear. My grave concern would be is that, so it's a, it's a month long, and it's probably between the, starting around the 15th of June to the 15th of July, give or take a week on either end. If something were to happen, if they gather down in Colorado and something were to happen like a lightning strike or a fire, that population certainly would be driven north. Once they get to three-way, they're either going to go to Laramie or they're going to come to Carbon, and uh, I think they would come to Carbon. So I'm plugged in now to uh, Homeland Security, uh, both Wyoming and Colorado. The National Significant Wildland Fire Potential Outlook issued on May 1st by the National Interagency Fire Center states that the North American monsoon is likely to arrive on time and be robust, meaning the potential early moisture surges during June could result in 
periods of lightning across Colorado and Wyoming, with above normal significant fire potential forecasted across the High Plains and in the northern Rockies, mainly east of the Continental Divide, where drought conditions are expected to worsen in late summer. Because of the lack of leadership and organization, rainbow family gatherings are notoriously hard for governmental entities like the National Forest Service to regulate and permit. Within the family, there's no organized group, so the Forest Service is very, not hesitant, but very challenged in, in forcing a permit. A permit would mean that they start on a certain day and they end on a certain day. One of the challenges that they had in the Colorado one is when they started and they were supposed to end on a Sunday, this was a number of years ago, the group just decided we don't want to end, we're going to stay another couple of weeks. And it was complete chaos, stabbings, multiple casualties. It was pretty ugly. The group has no formal website, but a bio on its Reddit page calls it, quote, the largest non-organization of non-members in the world. Lehman explained that the Forest Service intends to handle the event with two incident management teams. One on the law enforcement side and one on the Forest Service side, both ran by the Forest Service, but lots of variables, lots of concerns on both sides of the state line on how this is going to look and, you know, added concerns, added EMS. Due to environmental and social impacts and the timing and location of its gatherings in relation to wildfire season, the Rainbow Family gatherings have amassed many critics. Rainbow Family members dig trench latrines, make bonfires, develop water sources, create makeshift kitchens, and establish shuttles on public lands where they reside for weeks at a time. CBS News for Denver's Connor McHugh reports that in 2006, the last time a Rainbow Family gathering took place in Colorado, U.S. Forest Service rangers issued, quote, hundreds of tickets for drug violations and illegal camping. This year, impacts to the land and fire danger are their top concern. More than a decade after some 6,000 Rainbow Family members descended upon the Big Sandy area southeast of Pinedale in June and July 2008, Many longtime residents still speak about the gathering with disdain, claiming the family took over the area and left a major mess that included abandoned vehicles, broken glass, toilet paper, and enormous fire pits, among other debris. So what I've been told, and, and this is all somewhat hearsay, it's after action of the, the Pinedale, plus there's one down in, in Colorado that I did some, got some after actions. There's garbage, sanitation, Porta-potties was another big action item out of the Pinedale. Yeah, it, it's challenging. While rainbows, as they're sometimes called, primarily promote peace and love at the gatherings, laymen said they're also known for fighting amongst themselves. The whole gathering is broken up into probably three or four different groups. So for lack of, uh, you know, being politically correct, there's the druggy type group. There's the groups that are anti-drug there are groups that are more of the, the nature lover types groups. And when they gather in the large settings, they set themselves up in the different groups. And then there becomes chaos and, and challenges amongst themselves within the groups. In a Reddit thread, a user who goes by Mondo purports to have, quote, been doing rainbows since 1977, every Western state, 12 countries. 
Mondo says he works the seed camp and Kitty Village during gatherings and stays behind with a cleanup crew, quote, for as long as it takes. Mondo says the family always obeys fire regulations at gatherings and even has so-called fire trolls to ensure campfires are not breaking any local rules. He further says no private fires are allowed at the gatherings and that any fire lit must be properly dug out to avoid root fires, attended at all times, accompanied by a five-gallon bucket of water and at least one shovel. I'm Callie O'Hare, reporting. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with This is Carl, uh, I, I, Mike's friend. I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and waves. Champagne tickles my nose. I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the duh. Let's watch a full-length L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl, my fellow mate and fellow DJ. Hi, Carl. You're me best mate, Mike. Thanks for having me on, unlike. I'm me fellow DJ. Uh, Carl and I are broadcasting right now on MutinyRadio.fm. Uh, we do this every Sunday, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're also as a podcast by our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And we also are a video spectacle on YouTube uh, at our YouTube channel, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Carl, that stands for Let's Watch, a full-length movie on YouTube. We're going to oh. watch. Oh. And a full-length movie someone posted. Like on the platform of YouTube? I'm nervous about this one. Okay. Because okay. I have, I saw a black cat cross my path. I said, well, that's bad luck. And yeah. then the cat stabbed me. I said, really bad luck, yeah, right? And then I, well. I went under a ladder. And uh, then uh, this opium I took really took me under. And uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I don't want this movie to get pulled from YouTube. I love it. Uh, Carl, what, what movie are we watching today? Today we will watch Kevin and Perry Go Large. <gasps> That's what you put in the YouTube search engine, but you use the ampersand, not and. Yeah, Kevin. you'll be here all day if you use the and word. <laughs> ampersand. And Perry is P-E-R-R-Y, which is short for periwinkle? Uh, no. Uh, per, uh, pers I don't know. Percival. So it's go large. Yeah, maybe. Kevin and Perry go large. Kevin ampersand Perry go large. It's 2000, but the, I don't think you need to put that into the YouTube search. Engine. I think you'll find it. And we are looking for the full length movie, not necessarily its seminal original soundtrack. So make sure that we are looking for video of the movie and not individual tracks or the entire soundtrack. 
Uh, Carl, where can we find who's hosting the movie we're watching today? We like the channel Zach Backler. That Z Z A K Zach, and then Backler, which is like back, and then L E R. Sounds good. Well, I also uh, mentioned that. Uh, so here's what we need you to do. That's what I need you to mention. The movie is called Kevin and Perry Go Large from 2000. We want you to type in Kevin and Perry Go Large with the ampersand for Anne. You'll see it. Uh, our good friend Rex uh, Backler is hosting it. That's the channel. Click it. I just did that. And then hit pause. Move the uh, PlayStation 4 controller or whatever controller you're using to move the timer to the left. So you're at zero, zero, zero. We're going to have a celebrity comedian countdown segment. Carl has spoken to a celebrity comedian. I haven't heard this, but I know yeah. it's a celebrity comedian. Garrett the country. Oh, my God. Uh, and uh, he, it's going to be a, uh, great. You can get to know a little bit more about uh, the celebrity comedian. Celebrity comedian will do the countdown. Uh, it gives you enough time to find this movie. Get ready and join us uh, after this celebrity comedian countdown. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Brumba. All right. Can you make a lot of three or four? All right, so let's get this started. I am I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumba. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Brumba. Okay, so let's get ready to Brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals, the countdown king himself. Would you please welcome Mr. Paul Brumba. All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. That was a terrific celebrity comedian countdown. Yeah, Paul Brumba. This one. I can't believe you got Paul Brumba. Right, right. Our original Paul Brumba. Did you get Paul or the Brumbot? I got the Brumbot and Paul Clip. So we're going to start off with Queen Anne. Uh, right. the, now this is right. This is a historic drama. This is an English film. Yeah, I noticed that. So of course they'll be talking about Queen Anne. Now this is where all the budget went to, I guess. No, they did not build that castle. That is Dover Castle in England. It, it exists it, already. But they didn't go to BBC Dover and say, "Can we borrow some yes. uh, Queen Anne costumes?" They rented. Yeah. Now, is this a true story about Queen Anne, or did they make this up? This is a historical drama. See, down to the puffed-up cleavage she's uh, this right. Is historic. Uh, retelling. You, you said British historic and down, and I said, "Oh no, not down to." Getting a little head. Thank you, but, Carl. Joke number one. So what now he's getting, you know, the executioner's like getting talked out of it. Like, look at me, I'm young, I have years of shagging left. <laughs> I got years of the one of the great things is these accents, you know. It's too bad you're on the trigger of the sound because the okay, now here's our hero. Right. Uh, Harry Ellsworth. Right. Ellsworth? Uh, it is Harry Enfield. Now, Harry Enfield uh, had a TV show. I knew that. Oh, the one yeah. of the reasons why. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, so the premise of our podcast are these are movies uh, I heard about and now I get to see on YouTube. But I heard about this movie because of the soundtrack. The soundtrack is the best thing in the world. And then I was like, there's a movie attached to this original soundtrack. Get out of here. <laughs> What's the CBD? Is this like an audio, like music videos of the of soundtrack? Now, you're right. Now, this was a very influential kind of cult hit off of the the soundtrack, which, as you know, and I'm a big fan of, too, is called Yip Yap Music. A lot of Yip. Oh, can you demonstrate uh, uh, Yip Yap Music? All I want to do is do it. Me too. Me too. All I want to do is do it. Me too. Me too. You know, I oh. thought it was Big Girl. Big Girl. Big Girl. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, maybe it's Me Too. Uh, it's a really complex song. <laughs> <laughs> Let's we'll listen when it's time. Okay, so what we're seeing is a 15-year-old having his fantasies. We weren't ha seeing a historic drama. We are okay. Here comes Perry. Perry, his best friend, his Garth to his way. Right. right now, when I first saw Perry, I thought this was a woman. Okay. Oh, you mean like playing a female character? I thought no. It would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Playing a female character. But no, I said, oh, no, it's a dude. And so I watched the whole film, it's a dude. And then I did the research and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's a lady. Kathy, Kathy Burke playing the male 15-year-old uh, best friend. Right. Perry. And she you know, did in the original show. This is sort of like, you know, like how Saturday Night Live sketch becomes a movie. That's sort of what this is for England. Well, that's what kind of attracted my eye. Like, so I said, oh, there's a movie to this. And I said, oh, Harry Enfield, isn't he like the loads of money guy? Like, I recognize his name as like a force of pop culture in British, uh, I guess, 80s pop culture. But well, he, he's got, um, I only pulled out the credits that like our American crowd would relate. Sure. What was the American movie he was in? Well, he was in French and Saunders in England in 87. But we know that name here. Right. And he was in Black Adder as a narrator in 88. We know that. It doesn't. Name. All right, well. Then he was on a show called Saturday Saturday Live, it was called. Right, and which was a big one. 26 episodes he was on that. That's kind of how TV got to know him. Then he had Harry Enfield Presents Kevin's Guide to Being a Teenager, which was just a short. Then he had this show called Chums. Harry right. Enfield and Harry Chums. Enfield and Chums. Was a sketch on it. So he, he's like probably in his... 40s playing uh, a 15 year old he is born in 61 so he's today he's okay so this show no, no but this was 2000 this movie right 71 81 91 <laughs> close to four uh, maybe 39 30 late 30s yeah there we go i don't know i suspend disbelief that these are two 15 year old boys well, I think it's funnier. No, it's like that TV show on Hulu, Pen15, where the, mm -hmm. the lead adolescents are played by grownups and everyone <laughs> else are, are, are age appropriate. You know, like it's the, the humor that they go through of these like teenage boys. It's funnier that these adults are playing these teenage boys because they're, <laughs> they're horrible people. Now, did you see the Fishburgers uh, doing the dookie? Yeah, I did. Uh-oh. Yeah. The sign? Okay, so... They're buying a porno mag with their change and they're trying to be secret about it, you know, putting up their hoods. And here comes a cop. And for some reason, there's pressure on them 
I guess just socially. Cops not going to arrest. Oh, because they're underage. I guess that's why. right. They're 15. And those magazines in Europe, you have to be at least 12. To, to It's funny. I've seen this vote. is worth watching for me. Look at that English uh, mailbox. Mailbox. Yeah. How did Doctor Who do it? <laughs> oh, that was a phone booth. British phone booth. Like the genie in the bottle. To get oh, did Danger, Danger Mouse lived in the uh, British Yes. Mailbox. Right. Yeah. So. So I guess it's, uh, I wa this is my third, fourth time watching it. And just like you were saying, they're, they're grownups, but really. Yeah. They kind of look it like, even though I suspend disbelief. So that's when, when they were buying a magazine, I was like, why don't, why do they care? The yeah, why, is, is the guy going to scold him for not getting a subscription already? Okay. You should know you could use your credit card and that get was a subscription. brown paper. Nobody that's will right. know. Okay, so the joke is they got caught by his father with the porno mag. They both had boners. No, no, he. No, he they didn't have a boner yet. Are we doing a? Are we doing a boner uh, account in this movie? How many boner erections we see in this film? All right, I'm up for that challenge. That sounds like a reasonable. But this doesn't count when they're like lying on their on their groin. Well, no, because in the movie they make a joke out of boing a lot. Yeah. So we'll count jokes, dick jokes, boner jokes. So all he wants to do is do it. Me too. Me too. And he he figured because they're budding, they're, they're fellow DJs, they can go to the Mediterranean island of Ibiza mm -hmm. and That's be top DJs and, and do it. So they just found in the porno mag they got that girls shag all the time in that what's the name of the what is it called again ibiza it's, think it's of this right and so now they're going to their parents saying can we please go to ibiza and they're like of course not no what for what not spending that money get a job get a job you lout and he's doing this like so funny stuff like that's so unfair. That's so unfair. Like to have like a late guy, a grown-up guy, to just acting like a fourteen-year-old on a base. Oh, then Mr. Mrs. Patterson, can I get a ham sandwich? No, a jam sandwich, right? Yeah, or ham. Yep, jam. So funny. So Garth, this movie's tough, Carl. Yeah. I almost, I have to tell our audience, uh, being Mike Spiegelman, I almost well stunned Carl and say, let's not do this movie. It's too oh, good. Yeah. It's too perfect. Like ripping strange brew. How can I do that to myself? <laughs> well, I mean, it is funny. Like he's just run away from home and that's him running away from home. He's in the hedge in the front. You know, one of the reasons why I think this is a good, bad movie is that the premise itself is a bad premise to have adults play children. Like Pen15 showed me that it's not true. However, there was a movie in the 90s called Clifford with Martin Short.